0: are you doing well? Hey, I just love the keyboard player to keep playing that beautiful song because I really sense that God wants to do something special today. Are you expectant for God to do something amazing? Before I introduce myself and everything, I just love you to just stay standing. Just keep your eyes closed. I really sense as we were singing that song, I love that line, thank you Jesus for the blood applied. And it's referring to that scripture in Exodus when the spirit of death was going throughout Egypt and the believers had to take the blood that was shed from a lamb, a perfect lamb, and put it on the doorpost of their households. And what happened is when they applied the blood, that household was redeemed, was saved, was protected, was covered. And this morning, even though I'm not speaking on family, I feel like there's an anointing here for people that need to apply the blood on their household and see protection and healing and restoration and peace in that whole household. And so, right now, would you, if you need, The presence of God to come and do something powerful in your family, in your marriage, in your children's life. Would you just lift your hands right now, just where you are? And right now, I want you to, by faith, apply the blood of Jesus, what Christ did on that cross that brought you freedom in your personal life, that brought you forgiveness, that brought you healing. Right now, begin to declare that over your children, begin to declare that over your spouse, begin to declare that over your extended family right now, in the name of. Of Jesus. Father, we stand here with faith, even though the things in the natural don't look so great in particular areas. We lift up this area of our family and we declare, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And we declare, Father God, your protection, your provision, your healing, your deliverance. Lord, God, right into every single member, those that have walked away, those whose hearts have hardened, those who are sick in our household right now. Lord, we ask for the Holy Spirit to flow right now. We thank You for the blood that was applied on the cross over every household right now. We speak life and we speak health and we speak peace and we speak deliverance right now. We thank you for miracles. Lord, we thank you for miracles. Lord, even if we don't believe, help our unbelief. We thank you for miracles. I declare no one is too far gone. I declare no heart is too hard. I declare no marriage is too broken. I declare no prodigal is too far for the love and the mercy and the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Your grace, your anointing, breaking every yoke. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Come on, do you believe? Come on, would you give the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords a great round of applause for His victory. Miracles are coming in Jesus' name. Miracles are coming in Jesus' name. Why? Because we serve a miracle-working God. And everybody said... Amen. You may grab a seat. Well, it is a privilege and an honour to be here. Weren't the worship team and the production team doing such a great job today? Can we thank everybody that's serving on the production team, our kids' ministers, our host teams, connection teams. Lovely to have you here. I tell you, without the faithful volunteers of any house, church can't do what God has called it to do. And so I'm so grateful for you serving this morning. Uh, My name is Joel. Uh, I bring greetings uh, from my wife, Sharon, and my three boys uh, back in Perth. Uh, I uh, have a photo of this good-looking bunch that I am blessed to be a part of. Uh, This is my My beautiful wife. She is Kiwi, part Maori, living in Australia. These are my three boys, uh, from an Indian origin, Malaysian-born Australian uh, living man, and together they make some beautiful semi-chocolate babies. Uh, three handsome young men all uh, marrying age apart from the youngest one is a bit too young but in India we get the marriage very early uh, so you know if you have a beautiful beautiful daughter come see me after the service and we will sort out dowry dowry and we'll get it all organized okay but she must be able to cook meat and vegetarian curry Uh, And my eldest is Levi in the middle, he's 19, he hates it when I try to sell him off at different churches. Uh, My middle son on the left, your right, is Noah, uh, and then my youngest is Micah, and they are great young men of God. So it's a real privilege to be here. I want to thank your pastors, Pastor John and Edie, thank you so much for having us. It is a real privilege to be here and to be able to share with you, I Can't Wait for Revival Week. Whenever hungry people make time to encounter God, to seek His presence, God does not let us down. He is a responder of faith. Amen? And so uh, that's that. Uh, I have brought one piece of resource that uh, it's mainly for dads with young boys. I have written a book called The Chat, and it actually helps fathers uh, who have seven, eight, and nine year old boys around that age, up to 11, have the first chat. So if you're, you're all shaking hands and uh, high fiving the people that have a young boy, because I believe that uh, it's the church, I believe it's Christian parents that actually have to have the chat with their children before the world does. We are such big proponents on making sure that our boys know God at a young age. they understand biblical principles around pornography, around marriage, around sexuality. And you might think, why seven, eight, and nine? It's because that is uh, what research tells us is the first time a young boy actually views porn. Between six and seven years old is the first time they experience pornography. And so they're being awakened into a whole heap of stuff that if dad, especially dad and mum, are not there to answer questions and set boundaries and actually talk about these things, uh, they, they have to listen to the world. They have to listen to their school friends. And we don't want their theology on sexuality and marriage to be based on what the world says. We want to make sure that it's taught by mum and dad. Amen? And so we have that book available outside there. And if you're a parent here, and uh, that will be a blessing to you, go for it help yourself. Let's get straight into the Word of God today. Um, I wanted to share with you about a a recent holiday I had. Sharon and I uh, and our family went on a holiday with another family and we had walked four Hours that so we went early in the morning, as it is our custom when we go and visit a new place, we want to check out everything. And we walked uh, for hours and uh, we left early in the morning. And it was about two o'clock in the afternoon. And as always, the boys were hungry. Uh, I was getting hungry, I was moving from hungry to hangry, uh, which is the next step of hungry you know, when you're angry, hungry uh, because you just need food. And we finally found this restaurant that could take all of us in. So we all went in there, and it was about two in the afternoon and my stomach was growling and the food smelled great. And the waitress took ages to get us our order. But when the food came, you know, when you're really hungry and the food looks really good and smells amazing, it was just Exceptional! I remember eating, and uh, we were just hoeing into the food, just going so quickly through it. It was so good. Oh my goodness, it's so amazing! And halfway through the meal, my friend who was eating in front of me, he he, he ate something, and uh, and he he pulled it out of his mouth. It was it was a long hair that was too long to swallow. Uh, <laughs> And it went down into the food and around the meal. And literally, he was pulling out this. (laughs) Uh, And and, and as, as beautiful as the food looked, as great as the food smelt, as tasty as the food was, as hungry as we were. How many know that puts you off your meal? Right? I I I remember he was just like, "I'm hungry, I'm starving, but I, I, I just I can't take another bite of this meal." And uh, it reminds me of this this old proverb that says, "A dirty plate always flavors the meal." A dirty plate always flavours the meal. No matter how great the meal is, if the plate is dirty, it's going to flavour it. It's going to turn you off. And that's what I want to share about this morning uh, in regards to our lives. Here's what Proverbs chapter 4, 23 says. It says, above all else, I want you to guard your heart. Why? For everything you do, flows out of it in other words if your heart is clean everything that comes out of it is flavored by your heart If your heart is not healthy uh, spiritually, everything that comes out of it, no matter how much you try, is going to have that little bit of dysfunction in it. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do, everything you say, everything you put your hand to flows out of what is going on in your heart. Dirty heart will flavor the meal. A pure heart will flavour the meal. A dirty heart will affect your marriage. A pure heart will affect your children. A dirty heart will affect the way you conduct business and and your relationship. A pure heart will affect the ministry that flows out of your life. Every area of your life is coloured, flavoured by what is going on in your heart. And so as we head towards Revival Week, I believe God's going to do something amazing here over the next week. But I want us to, at this point, at the start of the week, start preparing our hearts because everything that comes out of it is going to impact what is going on from in here. But you might say, how do I know how my heart is doing? How do I get a heart check, but not the physical heart check, but a spiritual heart check? How do I know if things are going really, really well or not? I'm I'm not too sure. Well, this is how we get a heart that's pumping for God. In Matthew chapter 28, we know the Great Commission where Jesus told his disciples to go into all the world and make all disi- make disciples of all flesh and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit and teach people to obey everything that I've commanded you. But before you go out, before you go and do that stuff, Jesus tells his disciples in Acts chapter 1 verse 4 to 5, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command do not leave Jerusalem but wait for the gift my father promised which you have heard me speak about for John baptized with water but in a few days you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit and I've read both these scriptures Matthew 28 and Acts chapter 1 one tells you to go and do and baptize and teach and the other one says don't go yet don't do yet Before you go, before you do, before you produce the meal, make sure the plate is clean. One way you have a pure heart, one way you can get sure your heart is right is that you make sure your heart is full of the Holy Spirit. Make sure that your heart is baptised again. Make sure that you're full of the Spirit of God. That will not only change the encounter you have, but will change everything that flows out of you. How's your heart doing? What's the level of the Spirit in your heart? When's the last time you encountered God afresh and anew and felt revived and filled with life? How's your heart doing? Over the next week, we're going to encounter God in a fresh way. But I believe we need to get filled again first before God can tell us to go and do, before we can go and do the great things that He's called this church to I believe the church is coming back to a place of fresh baptism, coming back to a place of fresh revival. So I love the fact the way you've, themed your conference, I love the fact that that's your heart's desire. That's also God's heart's desire. Before he tells you to go and change the world, he tells you make sure you be filled in your heart, be filled with the Spirit of God in your life. In fact, during worship, I got this clear uh, message for Pastor John and Pastor Edie and, and this church. I felt like God saying, this church is like the church, uh, like the person in Psalms chapter one that is planted by streams of living water, and uh, it will produce fruit in the right season. And I felt the Lord said that there's a season coming, the next season of fruitfulness is coming. This tree that doesn't, uh, the leaves that don't uh, change from being green, and it's like the Lord is producing another season of harvest, another season of fruitfulness, and this next season is going to be led by the 25 and unders. I felt like there's a, a stirring amongst the 25 and unders as this current leadership team and generation makes way, and it, God's going to bring another season of fruitfulness amongst another generation of people, and it's time to get ready to. Go and make a difference. It's time to see God do amazing things in the community. But it starts with what God is doing in this house. And it starts with what God wants to do in our hearts today. You know, I have people come up to me and say, Pastor Joel, how do I get filled with the Holy Spirit? How do I get my heart ministered and fresh again? How do I get filled with the Holy Spirit? And I used to be a children's pastor. Any children's ministry team here? Yeah? So the thing about children's ministry is we've got to keep it really simple. If we make it too hard, people just get bored and they get switched off, the kids especially, right? And so as an ex-children's minister, I've had to put complex sermons simplify it right down to something that kids can understand. So whether I'm teaching at children's church or teaching at church, they should be able to understand because the Bible shouldn't have to be so complex, especially if we're all supposed to wait and all supposed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If we're all supposed to have our hearts afresh, we need to have these principles taught in a simple way. So today I want to share with you how to get your heart filled again with the Spirit of God. There's five, Five quick steps that I want to teach you today because remember out of the heart everything else flows. The first step when it comes to being filled with the Holy Spirit afresh and anew is to wait. That's what the Bible tells us. As I read in Acts chapter 1, he said, wait. Jesus said to his disciples, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised you. There is a waiting season that has to happen before we can be fully filled with the Spirit of God. I remember in high school, my teacher, year nine it was, my teacher said, hey, I've got a chocolate bar for the first person who can finish this quiz. And so I want you to get your pens and and, and turn the paper around when I count to three and they gave us all a quiz. And I think I've got a copy of the quiz here. And he said, three, two, one, Turn the page and with this, this quiz came up and, and I tried as quickly as I can. You know, it says here, number one, read everything before doing anything, then work as quickly as possible. I'm ready. I've got to win this chocolate bar. Number two, put your name in the upper right-hand corner of the paper. I did that, Joel. Draw a box around your name. Okay, done that. Circle the word name in sentence two. Okay, did that. Uh, stand up and hop on one foot and call out loud as loud as you can. Go, go, go. And I was the first. Go, go, go. And everyone's like, what? Anyway, I kept on going, I'm winning, I'm going to get this chocolate bar. And I kept on reading, 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 Asked the question incorrectly, is a parakeet a bird, you know, you know incorrectly. I started going through this as quickly as possible. And then someone said, finished. I'm like, I'm only up to number six. There's something wrong here, what do you mean? How, how could that be? No, someone else finished, and then someone else finished, and then someone else finished. And then I realised, when you get down to number 20... It says, now that you've finished reading carefully, do only sentences number 1, 2, and 18. Please sit back quietly and say nothing to anyone else. Instruction number 1, read everything before doing anything. Jesus with his disciples, go into all the world, but before you do, wait. Wait. Don't start, don't try discipling somebody, don't try bringing your family to Christ, don't try preaching the gospel, don't try getting up and doing good works, all those things are so important, I'm going to send you into the world to do it but before you get up and do any of these things, I need to make sure your heart is full of the Spirit of God, I need you to get up and I need you to prioritize waiting on me. I need you to prioritize making time to spend in my presence. Don't rush ahead. Don't do a 14-year-old Joel Chalaya. Wait. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 says, But those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will not walk and not be faint. They will soar on wings like eagles, unlike the West Coast eagles in Western Australia. Wait means to look, to hope, to expect. This should be part of our daily practice this should be part of a disciples daily discipline every single day father we want to take this time to wait on you this week you're making time to wait on God God's going to speak to you before you go and do all the great things God has called you to the destiny the dreams they're all going to take place but they're only going to take place if you've prepared your heart to wait and be filled with the Holy Spirit God's going to do something amazing first step wait second step ask. Luke chapter eleven nine says, so I say to you, ask, and it'll be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives it. The one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened." My wife, Sharon, and I, we do a lot of marriage stuff together, and uh, it's quite funny. We, one of the things we teach married couples is, especially to wives, uh, is that your husband uh, needs you to ask. Uh, it doesn't just happen by assuming or sighing. You know, Sharon used to, at the early days of our, our marriage, you know, Sharon would go, <sighs> and I'd go like, oh, She's breathing that's good. Thank you, Jesus. She's still alive. You know, or she would hint, she would say like, oh, I guess I'll come back. And, and after I do the groceries, I'll do those dishes. And I'm like, sure, babe, whatever works for you. You know, uh, I, I, was, I was a young married man. Come on, give me a bit of grace, a bit of grace. You know, I just remember those days. I just remember. And then she'd get upset. And I'd say, babe, why do not you just ask? And she would say this, well, if I had to ask, what's the point? And I would reply, the point is I'm another human being. I'm not a, a telepathic person that can read your mind, right? You know what you're thinking. I need you to ask. The moment you she'll say, sometimes I just wish you would give me a hug. I said, sometimes I wish you just asked me to give you a hug. I'm happy to give you a hug but I just need you to ask and it's funny that when it comes to the things of the spirit Jesus says ask I want you to ask well Jesus you should just know you should just know no I want you to ask I want you to seek I want you to knock and here's my promise when you ask you will receive When you seek, you will find. And when you knock, the door will be opened unto you. So what does that mean? If you don't ask, you don't receive. If you don't seek, you don't find. And if you don't knock because you can't be bothered, you don't have the door opened up to you. See, the Holy Spirit is so precious to God. He's not pouring it out on anyone who doesn't want him. There needs to be some hunger in us. There needs to be a desire for Him. There needs to be a yearning, a seeking, a searching after Him. And God looks down and goes, I see that heart. Here you go. Here's my spirit. Here's my power. Here's my anointing. Here's my presence. So the question is, when is the last time you were hungry enough to ask? When was the last time you were bothered enough to seek? When was the last time you cared enough to pray and knock? Because that's probably the last time the Spirit of God moved on you afresh. He's calling us back to hunger in Luke chapter 11:13. He says, "If you then though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him?" Oh I remember when I filled with the Holy Spirit 1985 that was a good year That's fantastic That's when I got filled with the Holy Spirit 1985 But he's moving now He wants to fill you now he wants to do something powerful in your life now. He wants to fill your heart with His Spirit now. Thank God for yesterday's manner. Thank God for yesterday's miracle. But I want a fresh manner today. I want a fresh encounter. I want fresh revelation today. Come on, am I in a room of people who are hungry? Am I in a room of people who will ask? Am I in a room of people who will knock and seek after all that God has for them? And not just sit back and go, if He wants to give me His, Spirit he will. He won't. Because he's looking for people that cherish the Spirit of God. Amen. Here's number three, believe. Everyone say believe with me. So we had wait, we had ask, Next one is believe. Mark 11, 22, 24 says this. Have faith in God. Jesus answered, truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself in the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you received it and it will be yours. the number of times i prayed for people at the altar call to be filled with the Holy Spirit to encounter God and they pray so passionately and then they leave with not receiving anything and the God I understand it I prayed I waited I prayed I was hungry and then I always challenged him do you believe that God loves you enough to fill you with his spirit Oh, I just had a tough week. I've fallen away from God. I've made so many mistakes. My past, I still haven't got this area of my life right. I haven't got this area of my life right. I said, you know what? You prayed, but you didn't believe you didn't believe in the power of the blood of Jesus to wash you clean. You didn't believe in the power of the blood of Jesus to set you free. You didn't believe in the power of the blood of Jesus to purify you. When you pray, when you come to Him this week, as you come to Him in the presence of God, today when we close this service and have a time of prayer, when you come to Him and you wait and you pray, you better believe that the blood of Jesus is enough. You better believe that the blood of Jesus has paid your price. You better believe that the blood of Jesus sanctifies you clean enough to receive all of God's promises, all of God's inheritance, everything that God wants to bless you with. When you come and you ask, you better receive and believe. Believe that God is good even though you're not. That God is faithful even though you're not. That God is holy even though you're not. And that God never lies. He said when you ask and you believe, you will receive. So come here believing. I don't know about you. I've come believing. I've come believing for miracles in my life. And I'm not going to leave until he does everything he has promised to do. Amen. Here's the fourth thing as the musicians come up to help me. Thank you. Is to receive. Do you know that there is a posture that is needed to receive? For example, I have here something that we stole from the children's ministry of this church. I will return it, I promise. Okay? Mitch, (laughs) Mitch hasn't got the greatest hand-eye coordination. He's not an Indian cricketer. (laughs) He's not, he's not. He tries, but he can't. (laughs) So Mitch, all I'm going to do is I'm going to throw this and I want you to catch it. Are you ready? One, two, three. Oh, my goodness. That was a really bad try. <laughs> okay. Wrong posture. Wrong posture. Pass that ball again, if possible. It's under your feet just there. All right. Now, see that? Now. All right. In order for him to catch, his eyes need to be on, his hands need to be on, his, his feet need to be ready, his heart needs to be ready. Mitch, don't wreck this analogy. <laughs> Is a right posture to receiving. This is not it. Are they doing that song again? Really? Why did that song in that order? Why can't they do that different order that I like? What's going on with the projector words? Why someone moved my seat? That's the wrong posture. It's the wrong posture. Do you know you can be in the move of God, right in the middle of the move of God, and completely miss it? I remember one day, a prophet came to our church, and I'd been in car park duty, because I was the children's and youth pastor, so I was getting car parks, you know, it was a thousand people, and trying to fit them in a car park place that only had like 700 bays. It was lots of fun. And I came in like halfway during the word after everything was done and I came and sat down on the front row and and uh, obviously the people had entered into worship and they'd entered into the word but I'd just come in and I didn't have the posture to receive and I sat down and I leaned over to talk to the person next to me and say some funny comment about something and I realized they're just sobbing and weeping and I'm like oh okay leaned over to this side and This person's sobbing and weeping. Then I realized that everybody is sobbing and weeping. And I felt nothing. It's not because God doesn't love me. It's not because I'm second best. I just didn't have the right posture. But here's the wonderful thing. Right there and then, I got my posture right. That's how quickly it takes. It's literally God I decide to set my eyes on you. I decide to open my heart. I need you to help me. Come. And in that instant, the Spirit of God just came and did something so beautiful. Wait. Ask. Believe. Receive. The last part is obey. James 1.22 says, do not merely listen to the word And so deceive yourself, but do what it says. See, the more you obey, the more the Spirit of God, you become sensitized to His voice and to His touch. They say in the olden days, if you worked in a bank and you count money, you got so used to, so familiar to the feeling of the different currency notes that you could have your eyes closed and you can tell, oh, that's a hundred, that's a fifty, that's a twenty. Every time you obey the Spirit of God, every time you obey His voice, if He tells you to lift your hands, you do. If He tells you to kneel, you do. If He tells you to go and forgive that person, you do. Every time you listen to His voice, every time you obey His voice, and He tells you to go pray for that person at work, and you do. And He tells you to buy that person in front of you their their groceries, you do. Every time you do that, you become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You start to receive the presence of God in a new way. When you obey, you receive. He begins to change your heart. We need to come back to that place before we go into all the world and do all the great things that we've been called to do is get our hearts right, make sure the plate is clean so that it flavours everything that we do. And we do that by waiting on God, by asking, by receiving and believing and then receiving and then obeying. So easy, isn't it? Simple. But the question is, will you? I know nothing I've taught here is like, wow, I've never seen that before. Ask? <laughs> wow. It's not revelation. But the question is, are you going to do it? It's not blessed if you know these things. It's blessed if you do these things. You know, in John chapter 7, 37, Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He doesn't say, Shame on you, thirsty. How could you allow yourself to get so dry? How could you allow yourself to get so hard? How could you allow yourself to get so far from me? No. He puts out an invitation. Are hey, you thirsty? Are you? You thirsty? Come. Come. Hands are stretched out to you. You dry? Come. You need a freshened feeling of the Holy Spirit, come. You weary, come, come. Don't stay away. There's no shame in that. Come to the source of life. Come to the source of hope. Come to the source of the Spirit of God. Come, come. There's nothing that's stopping you. My blood has paid for it all. My blood has made a way. No, everything that I am is for you. Come, come. If you're thirsty, come. Don't stand away. Don't stay back. Come, come to me. I long to fill you. I long to heal you. I long to bless you you. I long to deliver you. I long to give you peace and life and hope. I long to move in your heart. I long, I long for you. Come, come. Anyone, anyone come. Anyone come. It doesn't matter what your background is. Come to Him would you stand in this place I can feel the presence of God here come on if God's speaking to you then I want you to come I want you to come in your heart I want you to lift your hands I want you to kneel if you want to come down the front here this altar is open we're going to sing this song and I ask you to come if you are weary come if you are thirsty I want you to come and draw and drink and humble yourself I want you to take this next few moments to wait on God right now right now you just come you just come you just come as we sing this song?